on Black Friday. Joining me this week is Explicit. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? And yeah, it's gravy season, y'all. Yeah. So by now, by the time of the release of this episode, we have gorged ourselves and stuffed ourselves with all sorts of turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing and vegetables and You can't forget about my mama's turducken though. That's her ducking. The turducken. Hell yeah, that, that shit is delicious. Mm. I can't forget about pumpkin pie. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm a sweets person, yeah. so if we're gonna talk about ta- Thanksgiving, pumpkin pie. I gotta mention the damn pumpkin pie with some whipped cream. You know, ooh, oh, ooh, man. ooh, yeah. I'm ready for this. No, I feel like getting it again, to be honest. Right? <laughs> Shoot. So, <clears throat> we've got such an interesting episode planned for you guys today, in honor of Black Friday. We will be discussing serial killers that fascinate us. And when we say fascinate us, we don't mean, hey, we want to go out there and be like Mike kind of deal. No. We're talking about that whole thing of, it's like a car wreck where you know it's a bad thing, but you just can't help but look. Well, with these serial killers, we know that what they did is bad. We do not condone it in any sense of the word, but... Why did they do it? What makes them tick? Why do they do things the way they do... What makes them so interesting that still to this day they're talked about? There's movies and shows and documentaries about them. I mean, what is it about these set of serial killers that makes them so, such a conundrum and an enigma that people want to solve? You know, they want to know what's, what's in their head. What the hell drives them to do stuff? Exactly. And that's what we mean when we say fascinating. Don't want you to think that we're in here planning a murder. Yeah, hell no. Because <laughs> <laughs> we sure as hell ain't. Oh, but man. we just want to know. The only murder I'm probably planning is the toilet in a minute after eating so much cheese. I'm like, this man. <laughs> oh, man. It's a price you have to pay for the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I, I probably gained God knows how many pounds. I gained more weight than I lost in a year. I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... I can't turn down an extra plate at this point. It's like the one time of the year of an excuse to be That you're fat. okay to be fat. Yeah, it's okay to be yeah. fat for this time. You're okay to be you know? a fat ass during Thanksgiving. Was... You have two, three plates. <laughs> it's okay. It's Thanksgiving. You know what? You know, mijito, have another one. Have another one. You know, I need like a stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you need yeah. the proteins. You need the proteins. Exactly, exactly. It's the one time of year that you dress up to be in the living room yeah. and... Stuff your face. Yeah, I see nothing wrong with with this holiday. Hell no, probably one of the best holidays other than, other right. than October, really. Uh, other other than Halloween, that's right. But so yeah, um, our list of fascinating serial killers may be different from yours. May include some people you've never heard. May include a or will include some people that you've heard a lot of. Oh yeah. But these is just this is our list of of serial killers that fascinate us. And um, if you have any other suggestions, we will be planning another future episode of more Serial Killers of Fascinate mm-hmm. Us. So if you have a suggestion, please feel free to let us know. One of our suggestions that we'll be reading today, one of uh, the Serial Killers, was actually a suggestion by one of our listeners. And when that time comes, they will get a shout out for recommending such an awesome Serial Killer. But... um. I guess we can get started on this. Absolutely. What? No, 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 no. What? Wow. That's right. How could 
I forget. <laughs> it's time to light it up. And y'all... Are you sure you haven't sparked up before this? I haven't sparked up. No. Oh, man. Damn, I know. I know. I'm just so interested in this topic I know. I that I, I almost bypassed the, the main thing here. <laughs> so we ran out of raps, guys. So we're going to be hitting the pipe today. <laughs> but we're still hitting it. If I, if I would have known, I would have made the things a whole lot more interesting and probably my gas mask bomb. Yeah, no. We're going to die with that. Yeah. <laughs> then no. you would have become a serial killer. I mean, that's not good. <laughs> So, we're going to go ahead and um, light it up. Yeah. You know, the, the actual serial killers that you got to choose for today were... Some of them I do know, and some of them I don't know. You didn't really tell me much information, but you told me their names. And kind of like, not... Like, give me a very vague <laughs> description about it. So, knowing at least a few two of them, because the two of them is the ones I really know the most, you know. It's just one of those that's like, shit, okay? I, I know that there's this. a few that, that when I mentioned the names to you, you were like, uh, I've never heard of them. And there yeah. were a few that you were like, I've heard it, but I don't know who, <laughs> they, don't are. Know who they are. Well, I'm hoping that our listeners, you okay there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping that our listeners <laughs> will have the same effect to where some of them they'll obviously recognize, some of them they won't know who they are, and some of them they might just say, I've heard that. Yeah. So... Hope y'all are smoking what you got while we smoke oh, off this pipe. The peace pipe. Yeah. <coughs> but what I do know for sure is that today is going to be intriguing. Yes, it is. <clears throat> I am so excited. And I believe Second. the first one we're kicking off will be... Jeffrey Dahmer. Of course. Of course. With the new movie Monster released on Netflix... Dahmer's gotten a lot more attention as of late. Um, even though, let's face it, he had attention all along because oh, yeah. of his crimes. And I heard that Evan Peters is the one who plays as Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh my correct? God, Evan Peters does such an amazing job, like he does in every other cycle role he's had. Right. But he does such an amazing job. I actually read that he walked around for weeks um, on set, or even off set, wearing some of Jeffrey Dahmer's clothing studying Jeffrey Dahmer's interviews and everything. I mean, he really dug deep to get into the mm-hmm. mind of this yeah. prolific killer. I mean, I, I know he did that for American, for American Horror Story, right? Yes, it was. yes. But I also heard that he had to go to therapy after... Well, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but I heard that he also needed therapy after shooting Dahmer, which I wouldn't blame him for. I wouldn't blame him either, actually. I mean, you're you're pretending to be one of the most twisted serial killers that we've had. So it's it's obvious that you're going to need some kind of psychological repair after digging so deep into this man's mind. And not just digging so deep into it, but it's like... He became him. He became him in a sense, you know? He, it's like, I don't know, I, I know the ratings on, the, uh, every time I look at Netflix, the ratings on that specific TV series is fucking, like, wow, I can't even describe it. It's like 80, like 89% at least likes it. And it's crazy because <clears throat> I know that a lot of the uh, family members of his victims were yeah. complaining about this series, saying that they were glorifying him. That there was no need to retell his story because it's been told so many times already. And although I sympathize with them, and, I, and in some ways I, I can see their point and kind of agree. Yeah. <clears throat> but at the same time, I think that this uh, 
documentary series on, on Netflix, movie documentary, whatever right. you call it. Um, <laughs> I think that it actually not only, yes, brought up the same things, but it may have explained a little deeper into his growing up and what happened during that. Right. <laughs> and <clears throat> I just, I think that there's still now a whole new generation that may not know yeah. about Dahmer that now does because of this uh, show. So I mean, not only that, but I mean, I've been in criminal justice when mm-hmm. I was in high school, right? Okay. And the first case that they made us like look into was Jeffrey Dahmer. Exactly. So... Upon looking at this, I also see this as a somewhat opportunity for those who want to participate in further um, career activities such as criminal justice. It's a uh-huh. good program, right? Well, the same thing could be for college, if they maybe want to become a lawyer, investigator, cops, whatever. You have to learn how to adapt and, you know, look at these cases and just think about it. Just kind of dig deeper into the sense and able to actually put it in a form. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, the same thing goes for detectives. You got to kind of, like, pick up these clues, these these little things. It's just, like, is could be so drastically small, but it means it's, like, so big. You yeah. Know? It's, it's, like, think about it as putting a tire of a car, something as bad as leaving at least one, you know, bolt off or loose can later on cause such a f- catastrophic damage. Exactly. You know what I mean? Is is that one of those? Or is just something so dumb? So and I'm not saying that yes, he had so a important. bad childhood because compared to some of the other serial killers that we're going to discuss on this. He had this, it decently. He had it rather decently. <laughs> the thing is, you see from early on his interest with dead things, with corpses. I mean, that was already, to me, if I would have been his father, instead of being all proud my son is interested in science, no. Realize that your son has an an obsession, an unhealthy obsession with corpses, <clears throat> with seeing how corpses work. At I a mean, very young age. At a very young age, because based on, on the reports, he started, I think it was like five or something that he started displaying these, you know, these interests in, 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 in dead things. And that's yeah. not a normal kid thing to no, be obsessed with. Huh? If I saw a kid in my class, then I probably would stay away. I mean, there's even reports that when he was in high school, um, they were dissecting, um, I believe it was a frog or something. Yeah. I don't remember exactly the animal. Listeners can correct me on that one. Blame it on my Dory memory. But um, <laughs> he had a, a he had an animal that he had to dissect. Right. And he enjoyed that class so much that he ended up asking for the professor to give him one to take home to practice. <clears throat> The professor even told him, in all my years of schooling, I've never have a, I've never had a student ask me for this. But then they allowed him, <clears throat> here, take it. Experimenting your twisted and sick ways. Yeah. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, he was born Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer mm. on May 21st, 1960. He ended up being known as the Milwaukee Cannibal or the Milwaukee Monster. Yeah. <clears throat> he was a serial killer and a sex offender who committed the murder and dismemberment of 17 men and boys between 1978 and 1991. <clears throat> Many of his later murders involved necrophilia, cannibalism, and the permanent <clears throat> preservation of body parts, typically all or part of the skeleton. 
<clears throat> I mean, when they caught him, he had like a head in his fridge. Um, he had he had several different body parts he laying around. He actually had a penis. penis. Yes, he and, did. In okay. the fridge, ready to eat. In more ways than one. <laughs> but yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's that's, that's where you start realizing they had even asked him in an interview once, "How do you eat?" Um, your, you know, your victim's meat. He said he basically seasons them like he would a steak and fries them up and there you go. There's gotta be so much more to that. Because as far as I'm <laughs> concerned and I've heard... Would you get phys- sick eating human meat? Can, I mean... No, 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 no. Physically, you're not... Eat, you're not, your body's not supposed to be able to take human meat. That's why I'm saying. There's so much, cha- like, so much chaotic damage your body can take from that. So how the hell does he actually live from that? I mean, I don't think that that was his every time meal. For breakfast, I'm going to have human sausages. For lunch, I'm going to have human ham. For dinner, I'm going to have a a human steak. No, No. I don't think it was his every meal go-to, but... And that's maybe what helped him, because he... Obviously, in the the show, we see him take his... uh, His deaf... uh, Who? His deaf victim, Tony. Yeah. He ends up taking him to like a burger place and eating burgers with him. Yeah. So it's obvious that he <clears throat> ate other things. Right. And maybe he balanced it out just enough so that it didn't get him sick because he was smart in some ways. Mm. He was dumbass in others. <laughs> because you're telling me you want to create your own zombie, so you're gonna drill a head, <laughs> uh, drill a hole into their brain, and fill it with either acid or water. Yeah. You're not thinking straight if you think that that's going to create freaking zombies. But that's how deep it went for him. He wanted to create zombies so that they could stay. He had a deep need for them staying. Yeah. He, he felt abandoned most of his life, and rightfully so. His mom walked out. His dad was barely around at work. Um, they ended up leaving him living on his own at one point until the <laughs> father and the stepmother discovered it and brought him back in, and that's where all the weird shit even started to happen. But, I mean, his whole life he has felt abandoned. And you can see it as far as how the the murders are described. It's usually when they want to leave that he gets really bad with them and ends up killing them and tells them, I don't want you to leave. Mm. And that was why he wanted the the living zombies or he he, he enjoyed being romantic with his customers after (laughs) they were uh, killed because they were motionless. He had full control. That's all he wanted. They were mutilated, basically. Yeah, and, and it sucks, but... <clears throat> um, he actually ended up dying when he was 34 in prison. Um, right. He was bludgeoned in the head by one of the uh, other inmates who felt it was his call from God to get rid of Jeffrey. Right, because wasn't Jeffrey also trying to rehabilitate himself and... Um... You know, call a quote-unquote, become a man of God or something like that. There's conflicting uh, looks on it because at one point, yes, he had reached out. He had been baptized. He was studying the word of God. Yeah. But at the same time, he was known to taunt his uh, other prisoners by making his lunch look (laughs) like human meat and, and, and human body parts and then commenting on how good they taste and stuff. So... Is there rehabilitation available for somebody as sweet, sick and twisted as Dahmer? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> know how to answer that. Really. I mean, he 
he literally, his convictions were 16 <coughs> counts of first-degree murder, two counts of disorderly contact, which, uh, conduct, which includes the one time that he was caught masturbating at a public event in front of children, mm. um, second-degree sexual assault and enticing a child for immoral purposes. I mean... <clears throat> He was sentenced to a life imprisonment without the possibility of parole in 16 counts. So for a total of 941 years in prison. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, when you said earlier, can someone as in be rehabilitated? I don't believe everyone could be rehabilitated. Someone as sickening as him, if he does get rehabilitated, good for him. Doesn't excuse, doesn't ever forgive what he just did, though. I guess we'll never find out because... No, because he's dead. He's dead. And... I know that a lot of people are like <clears throat> celebrating his death. I would have thought that maybe as far as the scientific benefits of having him around alive, could have interviewed him more. Maybe we could have actually gotten to know a little bit more of why he did the things he did. Right. But now any opportunity <clears throat> is gone and left to just the interviews he gave beforehand. Right. So the world may never know. <clears throat> Now we're going to move on to our next serial killer. I think you're going to like this one explicit. All right. Richard Ramirez. Uh, the Night Stalker. Stalker. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> now, he... Well, wasn't this, wasn't this um, L.A., right? In L.A. In LA. I mean, uh, the first clustered were in the San Gabriel Valley. Right. But it, it took place all <clears throat> over California. Right. Like, he had no set location where he did his killings or his attacks. Um, he jumped around counties. And since at this time, we're talking about <clears throat> all these killers took place between 84 and 85. Right. DNA wasn't exactly what it is now. The thought of a serial killer wasn't as easy to pin as it is now. Right. <clears throat> and since... One of the things that made him the most interesting, and I know you'll agree with me, is this guy had no set M.O. No, he just killed at random, whatever man <clears throat> while he pleases. I know some people thought that it was something involving the the religion he followed, which was, what again? Satanism. Satanism, right? <laughs> that it was just like random sacrifices or, or like ritualistic things, but it just, just doesn't seem that way. From the description, I never said anything about that. He will, I think he did leave symbols of some sort, right? Um, he left, yes. He, oh, he, left a, he left several pentagrams and right. um, he left wordings. I know he had one that was, uh, oh God, now you're putting me on the spot and I can't remember this. Um, it was wording. It was like uh, something about Jack or something. I don't remember. Right, but, but the <clears> thing is he did left the pentagram, so maybe they're not completely off. But then he, then again, he never really admitted to it being a ritual. I mean, he he didn't admit to it being a ritual. He claimed very freely that he was doing everything for Satan, and right. that and that he actually enjoyed doing what he was doing for Satan. So, in other words, this could have been just actually just a the, satanic, just a satanic type of kill or whatever. Yeah, or he just device. felt like an offering here. Right. This is you know. <clears throat> So much so that one of his victims that he was raping, he, when she, he told her, don't look at me. And she said, I swear to God, I won't look at you. And he said, don't swear to God, swear to Satan. 
So his things <laughs> were satanly motivated. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it was just so random with him. He Which could random. easily kill old, young, male, female, yeah. child. He could use a knife. He could use a gun. He could use his bare <clears throat> hands. I mean, it, it was like he had no set MO which made it harder and more difficult for cops to be able to say hey this is a serial killer right but luckily you remember what was one of the things that tied him to most of his crimes yes the footprints the Aaliyah shoe footprints that's just the thing it was just a specific shoe and if I remember correctly at that specific times for that specific model and color of the shoe there were only three released yep and only one of them was in the United States. And that ended up being his stanky-ass yep. pair of shoes. Yep. Because that was another thing he was known for. Smell like shit. <laughs> he smelled doo-doo. Doo-doo. He smelled very bad, and his teeth were nasty. Oh, man. <clears throat> I mean, just an all-around shady-looking guy. And all of his uh, surviving victims all commented how he had dead soulless eyes and if you look at his pictures he does he does he does there's no soul in those eyes but then you know the part that knows about his childhood can feel very sorry for him yeah because his childhood sucked it did you know i mean he uh he encountered he even saw like his cousin murder his his wife in front of him yeah had his cousin that had come back from the war telling him how he raped dead women over there after he had killed them. And, you know, I mean, they were already... Anything that could have gone wrong in this kid's life... Already shown to them as... <laughs> it, it, it went wrong in his <clears throat> life, and, it, and it, I think it formed who he later became. But yeah. still, even still, I just don't... Oh, it, it, it's, it's scary how bad he was. Yeah. <laughs> he was born Ricardo Richard Leva Munoz Ramirez. One of those long-ass Hispanic guys. <laughs> so he was Mexican. I'm not saying that's stereotyping the fact that he has a long-ass name, but I think that's what he was. Uh, from the audio that I was able to see in one of his interviews. Well, he was actually where... born in El Paso, Texas. Okay. I th- believe his parents may be from Mexico. I yeah. can't be sure. No, you know, I'm not trying to be wrong here. <laughs> Welcome, um constructive criticism here if you know the actual yeah. answer but i know that he he was born in el paso texas right but he was born february 29th 1960 okay but the one thing that really sets me like kind of sets uh-huh. me off to think that he's actually mexican is remember that when the detective was speaking to him he even said that the way that rich ramirez spoke to him is like the street type street of street Mexican, street yeah. Mexican slang. So yeah, so that would point to that he is. <laughs> um, that like, he told orale. him orale. Yeah, orale, yeah, exactly. So that would definitely be. Um, now, he was. He had plenty of names that he was given. Um, <clears throat> once he became known as the killer, right. the night stalker is the most, the one that stuck. One. Yeah. The walking killer, the valley intruder. And then he had a pseudonym of Richard Mena. So, um, he did die in prison. I didn't uh, get to see if it was... I think it was by death penalty. No, no. I think with his, if I remember correctly, 
Um, it was like cancer or something. Mm. He had some kind of illness that he got. Um, but <clears throat> his convictions, because that's the thing. Sometimes he let his victims live. Sometimes he didn't. Right. You know? It's just random, <clears throat> really. It's fucking he has 13 counts of murder, 5 counts of attempted murder, 11 counts of sexual assault, <clears throat> and 14 counts of burglary. His victims were at least 15 of them. That, that, you know, that we know of. He, no, judging him, he really could have gone off the deep end and, and done more. Yeah. Because he had days where he would kill one night after the other. Mm. Like, no no wait, no break. It's just um, from going from one to the other. Right. No, uh, going back to how he died, you were right. And kind of wrong. It wasn't cancer, which you didn't say it was exactly cancer, but it was some, some, some sort of disease. Uh-huh. He died of complications secondary to B-cell lymphoma. Lymphoma. So it is cancer. Yeah. <laughs> it is a type of cancer then. Yeah, it's a type of cancer. So, okay, so <laughs> I was right. Yeah, you were you were right on the spot. That's why when you said that, it was like... A, I knew he had some like, kind I of... I he had something regarding to his... Well, how do I say this? Like, his health. Yeah. It was something like unnatural. Such it as wasn't like, like a Dahmer where he was killed by <clears throat> another inmate. Right. This guy was just... He was just sick because he died um, June 7th, 2013, when he, when he was 53 years old. So he wasn't old. Right. That, that's a recent death. You're talking about nine years ago. Shit. So, yeah, he lived <laughs> up until just the other day, basically. I was, I was probably 10 years old. Yeah, because I'm 19 now, so I must have been 10 years old when he died. Yeah. Or nine, nine to 10. But let me tell you, in his case, I think that the, the, the cops, the investigators that were assigned to that case, did an amazing job of, of being able to put all these things together. Even Dude, when that shit was hard, man. Yeah. And you know what? The, the, the part that I hate the most is the fact that it was mentioned by who? All the clues, all the, the, the most important details he did not want to release was mentioned by who? The mayor, I believe it was? Yes. Yeah. It was the mayor. The mayor, a female mayor. Yep. She just went ahead and released, oh, and we have a shoe print, and we have this, and we have that. I mean, really, now you're giving the guy the chance to change it around. And I know very damn well the detective mentioned that he never felt so miserable in his life. Yep, he did. this point. He did. He, he just gave up. I don't blame him. I mean, at this point, <clears throat> he even had his wife and, and kids had temporarily moved out of the home because they didn't feel safe being around there. And his wife told him, I won't come back until this is over. I mean, then again, there was a sighting of Richard Ramirez outside the house of one of uh, on one, of, one of the officers. Yeah. That he encountered it. And the I'm, 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 surprised, I'm surprised that his victims didn't smell him coming. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> stinky ass, dude. Stinky. But I'll tell he you was one. known for... That's the nasty <laughs> shit. It's the fact that he stank, dude. I mean, other people, like... You look at some of the other killers that we're going to have on this list, and they're known for better things, at least. <laughs> Not for, like, oh, you're known for stinking and having nasty-ass teeth. Damn, dude. Ew, self-care. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll tell you one thing for sure. That officer did a good job at, mm-hmm. you know, keeping the, the footprint intact. And they pieced it all together yeah. from so many different counties. That's exactly what the officer did. The minute he found, he, he was looking around his house to see any, like evidence or any proof or whatnot, any clue, he then saw the footprint and he decided to, you know, hide, I think it was, he put like a bucket over it or something? 
Well, that was in one of the crime scenes that they put a box over it to preserve it until they could actually right. uh, mark it into evidence. I think that was the officer. That's exactly what he told the detective. I'm like, yep. He said that he preserved the, the clue. For with a box. To, yeah, with the box so later for him to, to investigate it. Which is so a good what thing. It was a good thing. It was definitely helpful. It, it, was, it was one of the times where LA's finest were really LA's <laughs> finest. Yeah. Because <laughs> some of the times they dropped the ball. But... Um, but uh, it's a good thing. What I liked about his story is how he was caught. Oh, yeah, because he wasn't caught by no cops. He was caught by the community, yep. they, and they beat his ass. They whooped his ass, man. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I just I get a happy, jolly One smile every time I see the, the footage of him walking or being driven away in the cop car all bandaged and bruised. <laughs> oh, my God. I swear, I don't want to Imagine they lived in fear for so long, thinking yeah. he, he could he could hit any of us. Yeah, yeah. So when they had that chance of that's him, oh, they took the thing him is, down. The minute that they were able to de- depict him, he was panicking already. Yep. Trying to get out. Yep, because that's it. His picture was out. Even on the bus. I think that's what he took, right? A bus or yeah, a train or some a shit? Yeah, a bus. Right, yeah. Then a bus, and even so, in the he ended bus, up having to leave the bus because yeah. they recognized him. He was out. That's it. I think it. at that moment he was trying to steal a car. If I'm, if I'm not he correct. was trying to steal a car from a lady, and her husband came to try to help him, and then uh, started getting into a scuffle with him, and that's when other people in the neighborhood started saying, "It's him. It's the night stalker," and they just right, they put a bounty on him. That's why they also put a bounty on him. I remember that. That was like one of those since he had already been identified, they yeah. were saying, you know, um, <clears throat> we, you know, reward for any information given, blah, blah, blah. So and these people were like, you know right. what, we're going to bring you down now that we have you right here in front of us. Yep. <clears throat> and they did. Yeah, ass is going to jail. We're getting paid. I love that. It's like total <laughs> retribution. <laughs> oh, man. And it's just that that's just the thing. It's not even about the cops. It's about the community. And then the crazy thing is, at his trial, did you see how he suddenly became Mr. Cool, Calm, and, and Confident with his shades on and his groupies sitting behind him, sending him pictures in jail? How fucked up are these women that they actually want to get with the stanky-ass freaking Richard Ramirez Night Stalker? He would walk in with, yeah. like, pentagrams on his hands and everything. But it was tattooed already. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He would walk in with pentagrams on his hands, and and and, and be... so he would wave. I think he did that one time. Yeah, like, and he would just lift up his hand in the car just to like show it. Yeah. He was very proud of that. Dumbass bitches. Dumbass bitches <laughs> to want to get with that for real. I mean, ladies, value yourselves a little more. Man, I, I understand that there's like weird apps like that hook you up with inmates and junk. At least try to get inmates that you know are in jail for like maybe you know they were. Uh, they they were the mastermind of a multi million dollar money laundering scheme, something like that. Hey, at least that's you know okay. You didn't kill nobody. You right. wanted money, but you want to go with the person that was like raping and killing and strangling and even little children, molesting children and shit. No, some sick bitches. Man. Give yourselves more value, ladies. Jesus. But yes, that was Richard Ramirez. Moving on to our next one. We're going to talk about Ted Bundy. Now, as you know, Theodore Robert Bundy was born on November 24, 1946. 
and he's known for being the serial killer that kidnapped, raped, and murdered numerous young women and girls during the 1970s and possibly even earlier. <clears throat> so then that just explains that him, he was just straight females. So oh, it was yeah. mainly the women that had to be... Oh yeah, women terrible. during this time were very scared. Yeah. Because he was... The worst thing about him, I think, is that he was known for being so charismatic and handsome and... Right. He exploited this. Gentlemanly. He exploited the fact that he had these qualities to win the trust of his victims and, mm-hmm. a, and of society. He, he could basically sell ice to an Eskimo in that sense. And it's because of this that his detail list has 20 victims confirmed, 30 confessed, and over 36 more suspected. This guy is a prolific serial killer. Dangerous one at that. Dangerous one. And, and and what's crazy is that he actually managed to have a personal life aside of this. He had a living girlfriend and, and she had a daughter that claimed that he was a nice guy. That he took care of them and he was loving and, and stuff. Yeah, they had a couple little incidents here and there that kind of raised their, you know, hairs a little bit. Yeah. And, but... You know, what guy doesn't, I guess, in their eyes, what guy doesn't have every so often a little bit of a mean streak or I'm angry, yeah. you know? Or, But it was just then when she started suspecting because things that the media was talking about, oh, it's a guy with crutches and he had crutches in his house that he didn't have a need for. Things like that, you know? The car, he was driving the same type of car that was being reported. So the girlfriend started to suspect um, but at the end, I think she was in denial saying this can't be him. You know, this is the guy that I love that loves me, yeah. you know, but that's where it's scary how he could flip the switch and, and be so cold and calculating and, 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 a, and a murderer, but still have that personal time with that family. It's like his dark little secret. Yeah. But his secret did come out. And he did die in prison as well, thankfully. He was 42 when he died, mm. and he died by electrocution. So that, that time I was... Yes, this is the one that got the death penalty. <clears throat> he was actually handed down two death sentences with an additional 1 to 15 years in prison. Mm. <clears throat> now, did you know he escaped prison? No, actually, I didn't know. At one point, he escaped for a whopping six days. He escaped June 7th, 1977 to June 13th, 1977. And he escaped again <laughs> in December 30, 1977 oh, to February 15, 1978. But they got him, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and he's dead by now. But <clears throat> His convictions were three counts of first-degree murder, <clears throat> Three counts of attempted first-degree murder, aggravated kidnapping, and burglary. Now, I know with these three counts, it don't sound like it's much. It's a lot more than you bargained for. His victims were 20 confirmed, like I said, 30 confessed, and over 36 suspected. So, he was apprehended in August 16, 1975. And like I said died in prison of electrocution. 
So his victims' families at least have that to where an eye for an eye kind of deal. You killed, so you, you die. Be, you, die. you come in. <clears throat> exactly. But what I guess is interesting about him is the fact that he had that double personality in a sense. Yeah. I you could can... charm the pants off of you. And then I'm going to cut an arm off of you. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Shit, man. For real. It's like he That's has two sides. It's crazy, isn't it? It is insane is what it is. Yeah. Crazy and we know that he's people. had also um, documentaries and books and movies about him. The right. most recent one that I know of is the Zac Efron Netflix movie about right. him. Where... Zach Efron did as good a portrayal as he could in that movie. I just feel that they they don't really show exactly how dark and sinister he could get. They portray right. him too nice throughout the movie and then he has a few minutes of okay, uh, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get this way but to anybody that's really studied up on the cases of Ted Bundy, they know that he had this like, a flip of a switch kind of deal yeah. that he could be a really big asshole. And I think that the movie didn't show that enough so that it kind of humanizes Ted Bundy in a way. Yeah. And you don't want that effect. No. But, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to have some listeners that are going to go against me and say, oh, that was a great movie. And, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't. Right. It was. But I just think it could have shown that side a little bit more to really, you know, educate the watchers that, hey, this guy was two sides of a yeah. penny kind of deal, it's you know? Not as nice as you may think of. Exactly. But he is gone, so that's good. Now, the next one we're going to talk about, you might find interesting for a whole other reason. Why? I'm talking about John Wayne Gacy. Fucking clowns. <laughs> No, you're uh, you're not as uh, receptive as clowns. Fuck clowns. <laughs> and yes, he uh, at times was uh, killing as Pogo the clown. So fuck the clowns. But he was born March 17, nineteen forty-two, and he was a serial killer and sex offender who raped, tortured, and murdered at least thirty-three young men and boys. You know, I'm noticing a lot of these men that have, like, sexual conflicts, like they're gay or something. Yeah. And no offense to gays. I'm not saying that at all. Right. Seriously. But I'm just noticing that a lot of these men that have these conflicts sexually, that they feel that they have to be straight but want to be gay, It's it's it leads to their selection of their victims, obviously. Because in his case, we're talking about 33 young men and boys that he would rape. Right. You know, so it's it's messed up that way. But um it's crazy because he was also a very light guy in his neighborhood even though he had some weird things they kind of oversaw it because he did charitable organizations, he did block parties. Um he would perform as his Pogo the clown even in in uh, charitable organizations for like children's hospitals and things so he did do his good but would do very bad when he you know he did his shit yeah. so um, 
He became known as the killer clown due to his public services as a clown prior to the discovery of his crimes. And then he would, you know, still kind of dress up as them. But he died in, in jail as well by lethal injection. This is another one that was actually executed. And he actually had two wives and two children <laughs> throughout all his murderous sprees. What the hell? Yes. But again, this was him trying to prove to his dad who his dad... Ah, no offense to the dead in this case, but his dad, from all accounts, was abusive, was yeah. narcissistic. Um, basically, would treat John Wayne Gacy, who had health issues as a child growing up and couldn't do sports and things of that nature. He treated him very badly because of this and would tell him, you know, are you a homo? Um, no son of mine is gay. Right. And, and would tell him, I'm going to dress you up in a girl's dress. And, you know, I mean... He he was gay bashed growing up, so of course growing up as a, as an adult, he didn't want to come around and be gay yeah. because he 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 had been basically conditioned by his dad to feel wrong for doing that. So he married and had children, trying to you know live that other life that his dad could be proud of, but he had this other side of him that kind of took over for him. Um, <clears throat> upon his conviction, he had 33 counts of murder. That's a lot. It is a lot. Sodomy. What is it? Uh, what is sodomy? Yeah. Okay, how yeah, can I explain this to you? I don't know if it's either because I'm high right now or it's because it's It's like... probably that, but... Uh, sodomy is sexual intercourse involving anal or oral copulation. Okay. Get that? Yeah. So, in other words, he's a nasty motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say because there are freaks out there that like you know, yeah, let your freak dead? flag fly, but not dead. dead, exactly, not dead, you know. So, he had murder, sod uh, 33 counts of murder, sodomy, sexual assault. The thing is that I know when, when uh, when you die, because I actually experienced the same thing when my heart stopped, even if you die for a second, it's it happens. Your body starts to release everything. Yes. Including piss. Yes. Including shit. Yes. So that, that is must well have known. meant that when his victims died, and they he did pissed that, and shit himself, and he was there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So no, he definitely, <laughs> no. he definitely a nasty motherfucker. He definitely <laughs> is. Let's be honest <laughs> with that. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy. He committed all of his murders, and kept them all. Or most of them buried under his house. Can you believe that? Under his house? Under his house. Under his house. He had like a crawl space under his house? Oh, hell no. Yeah. And he started to bury them there and would try to preserve them. Not, not to keep them up, but to hide the smell. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean... When they finally caught him and he knew he was caught, he started telling them, you're going to find... This person here, you're going to find this person here. And he, where he would tell them they were buried, that's basically where it was. And, I mean, from the reports that I heard about, when the cops came and started digging out under the house, they kept finding bones and bones and bones. I mean, you're talking about, like, 33 victims. So only, it's gonna be kinda only, like... I think it was, like, three or four of them had been 
disposed of somewhere else. Like so his last of, victim, he disposed of, I believe, in some in, in a body of water near. Right. So basically, under there is like the catacombs of Paris with all the fucking skulls and shit. Basically. Damn. Under his own house. Under his own house. He would literally invite people over to his house and have them there do barbecues on the yard of his house, having murdered dead victims buried under his house. It's crazy. I, that's what I'm telling you. It, what made no, him think wonder, that was okay? Yeah. I wonder what realtor would want to sell that house. I really hope they destroyed it in that sense, because that shit is going to be extremely haunted. But that's what I would imagine. You think? I mean... How many, how many victims were there, anyway? 33. So imagine 33 under his house. Or 32, really, because the, the other one was outside in his house. Okay, well, actually, you asked about what happened to his house? Yeah. So, <laughs> the house that he lived at that was located in, uh, it was a ranch house near Norwich, a village yeah. in Norwood Park Town in the Chicago area. Yeah. So this house... In total, 26 victims were found in the empty crawl space of this house. 26. And three others were found around the property. Four were discovered in the nearby De Plains River. And then Gacy had even drawn a di- diagram to help officers locate the bodies during his confession, like I said. Now, the house was demolished four months after his arrest. Okay. Yes. But here's <laughs> where it gets interesting. The land where Gacy's home once stood remained vacant until 1986, when a three-bedroom and two-bathroom home was erected in its place. The brand-new house was reportedly purchased in 1988 by a woman for her parents. Over time, the address has been vacated and resold on numerous occasions. The latest development occurred just in March of 2021 when the 2,500-square-foot property was sold for 395000 after two years on the market. Hmm. So it sounded like people aren't really wanting to stay in that house much. Yeah. So you might be right on that. There just might be some kind of hauntings going on. Yes, that would be another story. <laughs> now moving on to our next one. <clears throat> Charles Manson. Oh, shit. Oh, yes. You know we had to bring in cultish, freaky Charles Manson into the mix. God damn. So Charles Miles Manson was born November 12, 1934. And he led the Manson family, which was a cult based in California in the late 1960s. Some of the members committed a series of nine murders at four locations in July and August 1969. They were all basically under Manson's instruction to do this. Mm. Because he claimed that it was a racial war that was going to come upon them that he called Helter Skelter, which is actually the name of a Beatles song. (laughs) So (laughs) it just makes you wonder how convincing was he to his followers that he was able to tell them this, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's Helter Skelter, man. Like, really? I do, man. Yeah. I don't know about like, that. <laughs> let me tell you something, though. You know, I actually call people like that a golden tongue. And you know who else 
out of Golden Time? Who? Hitler. Huh? Think about it. He's a Jew himself. Yeah. Convincing the Germans, of all people, we should kill off the Jews. And none of them question it like, yo, they're also other humans. No. Let's kill off no. the Jews. In Manson's case, that's what he did. He had, they were living off, uh, they were living on a ranch that mm-hmm. was actually, it had been a movie set of like an old Western movie set yeah. that was abandoned. They were living there. Um, basically, everybody joined in. They all cleaned. They all grew things. They all did drugs together. They all had sex together. It was like a very hippie commune type of situation. Mm. Where in that part, hey, you guys want to, you know, free peace and free love type of deal? No problem. Shit. I, I, I think I speak for a lot of women when I say you could have actually seen yourself as part of the Manson family if it would have oh stayed God. that way. But <clears throat> because in the beginning, reports, he would treat his people great. He would make them feel empowered. He would make them feel loved. He would make them mm-hmm. feel like a part of something, like a part of a family. And a lot of these people had messed up uh, uh, childhoods as it was where they came to him and all of a sudden felt wanted and accepted and it was this whole we all love each other kind of mentality. So yes, I could see where he could have started to get his followers and he was smart in that sense because he knew who to go for and how to get them. But... I mean, to be able to convince his followers, hey, we're going to commit these murders on these people. One of them was even an actress, Sharon Tate. She was murdered in one of these murders, and and she was a freaking actress, a celebrity. And his followers were convinced to, you all go, and you all have to take part in this. You all have to at least do one part of the killing in it. Because that was what they were being told, and they went along with it. Right. And a lot of these went actually to prison, still claiming that, hey, this is, you know, we support Manson and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, we did it for him and this and that. And he had a lot of his followers that weren't on trial just attending the trial to support him and say, you know, free Charles Manson. He did nothing wrong. And, you know, I mean, he is or was, I should say, very manipulative manipulative in that sense. Yeah. To be able to pull that off and um, convince these people to kill for him. I'm telling you, Golden Tongue, dude, is crazy. It was nine counts of murder, one count of conspiracy to commit murder. Yeah. So he was sentenced to death, obviously. Mm. And... He actually, it was commuted to a life imprisonment, which then he went ahead and uh, stayed until his very last days in prison. He died in prison. I want to say it was, um, he was like in his late, uh, don't remember how old he was old already. I know he had white hair. And he died from cardiac arrest, which was brought on by colon cancer. So cancer taking care of all these serial killers for us. At least least that's one thing it does right. So 
I mean, to be exposed to the smell is... I don't think that gives you cancer, but... Imagine being exposed with the smell of a decaying body. That's Maybe. You never bacteria. know. You never know. Maybe that's why a lot of these people do end up getting something like that. Because I would imagine the constant inhalation of body decaying fumes yeah. are not good for you. <laughs> right. So, but yes, he did die. Um... It's really, it's, he, his case is just, I guess what's fascinating about him is how he could convince all these people to do all these dirty deeds for him. That makes no sense. But then, if he really did that, then damn, he was able to convince so many. He had a whole family of them that were willing to do whatever he asked. I mean, it's crazy. It really is. And of course, we've seen a lot of movies and documentaries and books and everything about him or that feature him. <clears throat> and every time they show him, they show him with this, you know, he at one point did carve uh, the pentagram into his uh, forehead. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's the crazy like cross-eyed look that he does at one point that it's like, okay, yeah, no, that that's creepy on its own. Yeah. But he is... Still to this day, one of the most talked about serial killers. And I think it partly has to do with the fact that he convinced all these people to kill for him. Under the name Helter Skelter. Helter fucking Skelter, dude. <laughs> okay, so moving on. I know that you're not going to know about this one. And it's a really interesting case um, that I actually um, heard about first. On the uh, Morbid podcast, another mm. great one that I highly recommend. If you guys want to partner up, I'm all down. But, um, so this one is David Parker Ray, who is also known as the Toy Box Killer. Now, it sounds all sweet and dandy. You're like, oh, what does he kill with a toy box? No, 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 no. No, I was thinking more like he left like one of those jack-in-the-boxes every time that he commits a murder. Hey, that sounds like a great horror movie, but... The truth in here is he was a kidnapper, torturer, rapist, and suspected serial killer. What the fuck? Though no bodies were ever found, Ray was accused by his accomplices of killing several women and was suspected by the police to have murdered as many as 60 wait, wait, women. Wait, wait, wait. Accomplices? He had accomplices. Okay. We'll get to that. So... He was suspected to, by the police to have murdered as many as 60 women from Arizona and New Mexico while living in Elephant Butte. I think it's Butte or Butt. <laughs> I hope it's not Butt. But. Elephant Butt. Elephant Butt, man. I don't know if it's Butte or Butt. <laughs> B-U-T-T-E. I'm just... Just for shits and giggles, I'm going to call it Elephant Butt. Elephant Butt. It's Elephant Butt. So this is while he was living in Elephant Butt. Yep. Which was approximately seven miles north of the town called Truth or Consequences. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. He had consequences, all right. But, um, so, he, <laughs> what he did, this is, this is, this is a, uh, what I call la 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 moment. If you don't want to hear about really crazy shit, just cover your ears and go la 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 la. Because, mm. Yeah. Ray soundproofed a semi-trailer, which he called his toy box, 
and equipped it with items used for sexual torture. Oh, shit. He would kidnap between five and six women a year, holding each of them captive for around three to four months. And during this period, he would sexually abuse his victims, sometimes involving his dog. <laughs> what the hell? His dog? <laughs> there were times that he actually yes, had his... Yes, there were times that he actually somehow managed to get his dog to rape these women. <laughs> Fucking hell. Sometimes his wife participated willingly wife. in her husband's crimes. And now his wife is a joke all on her own. Right. Number one, her name was Cindy Hindi. <laughs> Cindy Hindi. Yes. Oh I kid God. you not. <laughs> I kid you not. I'm like, her parents killed her with that one already. Oh, my God. But yes, her name was Cindy Hindi. That's one reason why she was, yeah. Number two, uh, it was said once the toy box killer was caught that his preference was short brunette girls, like, you know, average-looking short brunette girls. Yeah. His wife, Miss Cindy Hindi, was a tall, thin, white woman. Oh, my God. (laughs) So imagine how she must have felt in one way hearing her husband say he prefers short brunette average women, and you're the opposite of what he wants. (laughs) (laughs) Criticizing, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. But yet she helped him. Um, that makes no sense. Why? They Does would they often like torture force? them with surgical instruments. Did, did he like force her or some shit? No, she willingly helped. That's the crazy thing. Because even some of the victims would that survived it would say, he will. Um, she willingly helped. You know what he would even do? This is like, it's, it's, it's the most mind-blowing shit that I've ever heard about. So he would kidnap these girls. They would wake up in his toy box on like a uh, doctor's type of uh, operating table or something um, with like the gynecology type of stirrups that would basically open them up. Yeah. And they would be blindfolded and in the dark. Well, obviously they're blindfolded, but he would go ahead at this point and play a recording that he had had made of himself like 20 years prior or something when he started doing this <clears throat> that would say, I want, I, I'm sure you're wondering where you've been. You've been kidnapped and it's best not to resist because here's what I'm going to do to you for the next few days. And he would go off to list the type of tortures that he was going to be doing on this girl. And basically letting her know you could scream, this is soundproof, no one will ever hear you. I mean, really fucked up shit. Shit. So he had this completely premeditated. And then what he would do is he would keep them, like I said, for a period of three to four months during which was all gruesome, gruesome torture. I don't know how these women could survive. Some, uh, I would assume, didn't. But... Then what he would do is drug them with barbiturates in an attempt to erase their memories of what had happened and then would abandon them by the side of the road. So these women would, in, 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 in some cases, would like remember bits and pieces of what happened, but not enough to be able to tell cops or anything, this is what happened to me. But there was one victim that was able to escape and went to the cops 
and said, this is what happened to me. So this asshole was apprehended March 22nd, 1999. Man, that's and almost in the 2000s, man. Yeah. That was recent. Yeah. Now, his criminal penalty was 224 years of imprisonment <laughs> because he, he was convicted of 14 murders confirmed confirmed more than 60 murders suspected 60 yes and three that were tortured and survived only three only three one of which was the one that escaped so he died in the uh Lee County or Leah County Correctional Facility in Hobbs, New Mexico, May 28, 2002, at the age of 62. Um, <clears throat> That's the year before I was born. born. <laughs> uh, so he died basically in jail, like I said, and he died of. Um, See, he died of a heart attack. Another medical reason. It's crazy, but somehow I feel that karma comes back to them. Did you that, or they secretly kill these kill these serial killers off by doing something where they're just like chemically giving something to their food or whatnot? But then it would raise questions because if they do that, then technically does everyone else in the doesn't get that? What if they do it for them specifically, you know? What if they just, just so pick and choose who they're gonna systematically murder, right? Exactly. It's just like, it, it makes no sense how, like, every single one of these serial killers, you tell me, just died by natural cause. I don't think I believe that. <coughs> they're probably just doing their own, I guess, death penalty. I don't know. You wanna know what's the craziest thing about the toy box killer? What? His crimes spanned for a shitload of years. We're talking about they started January 1st, 1957. Yeah. And his last one was March 22nd, 1999. Talking about what, 42 years? Hmm. 42 years of murdering people in such a grotesque way. I mean, if you listen to... Obviously, I'm not going to go into details because we're just discussing several serial killers in this episode. Right. But if, if you were to actually go into detail of the tortures that he did on, on some of these girls, it would be a total what-the-fuck moment. <laughs> because he really, really wanted them to suffer. And I'm surprised that some were able to survive this. Because I've heard it and, ooh, my insides start to, like, curl. And I'm like, oh, no, what hell no. Hell? No, no, it's it's really bad. I mean, to be called the toy box killer when what he did was nothing like a game. It yeah. was just evil. Just pure evil. But that's Charles Ray Parker. Now, our next one was a listener suggestion. Hmm. So I gotta give a shout out to Raul for suggesting H.H. H. Holmes. Now, <clears throat> people may not know who H.H. H. Holmes is, but a lot of people did watch the, um, 
the ep- the season of American Horror Story that was in a hotel. Right. Where the man, played by Evan Peters, of course. Evan Peters? Again? <laughs> yeah, what the hell is it with this guy and all the fucking psychotic type of characters? Uh, if he goes he to therapy, I really well. don't... <laughs> if he goes, keeps going to therapy like that, I really wouldn't doubt... You know, he has to go to therapy because he already got once for an American Horror Story thing, didn't he? I think think it was was for the original season. The first season where he played like the perpetrator behind a school shooting. Okay. So, but in this episode, he was, uh, he played, I mean, in this series, in this season, I should say, Evan Peters played James Patrick March, who was a serial killer and the designer of the Hotel Cortez. Mm. And in it, he basically had secret hallways. He had, you know, different things where it was all for murdering and torture because that was what his character did. The real H.H. Holmes, born Herman Webster Mudgett. Mudgett. (laughs) Mudgett. He was born May 16, 1861. But he was known as Dr. Henry Howard Holmes, or H.H. Holmes. He was a con artist and a serial killer. Um, <clears throat> now, here's the thing. He, he's known as America's first serial killer. He's known as the Beast of Chicago. Holy shit. He's known as the Devil in the White City. He's known as the Torture Doctor. He's known as the Arc Fiend. And he's known as Robert Phelps. I don't know how that fits in there, but okay. Okay. Maybe like a pseudonym? I guess. He was married a whopping four times. And his convictions were obviously first degree murder. There's one one killed and confirmed, but nine total suspected. Okay. All within three years, 1891 to 1894. Now... The interesting thing about H.H. H. Holmes is he also had a history of having some sort of like hotel of horrors. Hotel of horrors. Is like one of those hotels where like people get scared of some shit? Not that it's haunted, but so, okay. He was a doctor. He actually was a doctor. Right. He got his licenses and everything. He eventually owned a drugstore, but then he purchased an empty lot across the street from the drugstore where he designed and built a three-story hotel, which the neighborhood called the castle. During its 1889, I should got to specify, 1889 construction, Holmes hired and fired several construction crews so that no one would have a clear idea of what he was building. Okay. <clears throat> he was designing a murder castle, basically. Oh, damn. After the construction was complete in 1891, Holmes placed ads in newspapers offering jobs for young women and advertised the castle as a place of lodging. So, like mm. a hotel. Right. He also placed ads presenting himself as a wealthy man looking for a wife. All of Holmes' employees, hotel guests, fiancés, and wives were required to have life insurance policies. Holmes paid the premiums as long as they listed him as the beneficiary. Most of his fiancés and wives would suddenly disappear, as did many of his employees and guests. 
People in the neighborhood eventually reported that they saw many women enter the castle but would never see them exit. So in 1893, Chicago was given the honor of hosting the World's Fair, a cultural and social event to celebrate the 400th anniversary of Columbus's discovery of America. Mm. And it attracted millions of people from all over the world. Right. When Holmes heard that the World's Fair was coming to Chicago, he said opportunity. <clears throat> he knew many visitors would be searching for a hotel near the fair and believed many of them would be women whom he could easily seduce into staying at his hotel. Uh, but after being lured into the hotel, many of these out-of-town visitors would never be seen again. So here's how it was broken up to. The first floor of the castle had several stores. The two upper levels contained Holmes' office and over 100 rooms that were used as living quarters. Some of these rooms were soundproof and contained gas lines so that Holmes could asphyxiate his guests whenever he felt like it. Hmm. Throughout the building, there were trap doors, peepholes, stairways that led nowhere, and chutes that led into the basement. The basement was designed as Holmes' own lab. It had a dissecting table, stretching rack, and a crematory. Sometimes he would send the bodies down the chute, dissect them, strip them of the flesh, and sell them as human skeleton models to medical schools. What the hell? In other cases, he would choose to cremate or place the bodies into pits of acids. So, yeah. This guy was uh, sick is, is the least of it. But now, do you know that in May 1896, he was hanged? Holy shit. The castle was remodeled as an attraction and named the Holmes Horror Castle. But it burned to the ground shortly before its opening. Someone, like, threw something in it, or...? It's not uh, confirmed what happened to it. That's my guess. But it sounds a little off that the... Right before it's opening, it just suddenly burns to the ground. Yeah, it's like someone just grabbed alcohol. Like Somebody alcohol, did it on purpose. Then... But can you believe that he actually was doing that in his hotel? In his hotel. He was luring people in there to murder them and basically experiment on them and sell their bones. And <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's really crazy. What the actual fuck, man? What makes you think that that's okay? I'm going to just open a hotel, bring lots of people in, kill them, experiment on them, and then, oh yeah, your bones, I'm going to sell them to a medical school as, as like, just, you know, research. Not real bones. Can you research imagine the schools purposes. that found out that they had bought some of these bones? What the hell, dude? That's disgusting. They might have been freaked the fuck out, to be honest. Oh, because you know that there's, in every school where there's bones, there's somebody that grabs them and starts making them dance or something? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine somebody knowing I made a real dead body dance? I don't know about you, but I wouldn't like that. I would have been creeped the hell out. I would have been creeped the hell out, too. Jesus. That's crazy. So, but yeah, that was the story of H.H. H. Holmes, which, like I said, was a fan listener suggestion by Raul. Keep on listening. And thank you for the suggestion. That was an awesome suggestion. Right? I, I, I actually never knew about this. I had heard of it, especially when I saw the American Horror Story one. Like, I had heard of it, but I in no way thought that it was actually true that somebody was doing this shit, you know? It's, like, crazy. 
That's just... I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. Right? But yeah. So, despite his confession of 27 murders, including some people who were still verifiably alive, while awaiting execution, Holmes was convicted and sentenced to death for only one murder, that of his accomplice and business partner, Benjamin Peitzel. I think that's what it is. It is believed he killed three of the Peitzel children as well as three mistresses, the child of one of the said mistresses, and the sister of another. He was executed on May 7, 1896, nine days before his 35th birthday. Hmm. So he was young as hell when this happened. Yeah. Okay, so next one we're listening to or talking about Ed Gein. Edward Theodore Gein ah, was born August 27, 1906, and he is known as the Butcher of Plainfield or the Plainfield Ghoul. Never mind. I know this one. <laughs> he was an American murderer and a body snatcher. That's some interesting that shit. That is some interesting shit. His crimes committed around his hometown of Plainfield, Wisconsin gathered widespread notoriety in 1957 after authorities discovered that he had actually exhumed corses from local graveyards <clears throat> and fashioned trophies and keepsakes from their bones and skin. Hmm. Gein also confessed to killing two women, tavern owner Mary Hogan in 1954 and hardware store owner Bernice Warden in 1957. Sounds to me like he had a problem with women in power. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so he was known for many names. Like I said, the Mad Butcher, the Plainfield Ghoul, the Plainfield Butcher, the Butcher of Plainfield, or Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> yeah, but I want to see Eddie because after watching Stranger Things, I want to get That's Eddie. the Eddie I want to remember, not, yeah. not this motherfucker. So, yeah. <laughs> His convictions were first-degree murder, which later he was actually found legally insane. So he was institutionalized in the Mendota Mental Health Institute. All of this because of two murders confirmed, seven suspected, and nine corpses mutilated, obtained from desecrated graves. He had no respect, not even for the dead. Jesus. Now, <clears throat> the thing about... Him that makes me so, like, like I want to know more, is why did he want to actually get corpses and, and, and make trophies out of them? You didn't kill them. Right. So why are you doing this? Well, he didn't credit for it. Yeah. It sounds bad when I say why he's taking credit for it, but, like, what's the whole point of it? You're not going to get applause from that. Now, you want to know what, what's proof that this is one of the most fascinating case of serial killers? What? There are actually seven horror movies well known that were inspired Shit. by Ed Gein. And I'm sure that you're going to recognize a few of these names. First one is Psycho. Oh yeah. Gein's haunting infatuation with his mother was the inspiration behind Norman Bates and his mother in Psycho. The next one is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. 
very loosely inspired by Gein because this right. was actually uh, supposedly another story. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre took the real-life body snatcher's obsession with human skin and used it to build its character Leatherface, who hid behind face masks made out of human flesh. Hmm. So that part was inspired by Ed Gein. Right. The Silence of the Lambs. Did you know that one? No. The serial murderer in the movie, Buffalo Bill, not only found origins in Gein, but also from other... <clears throat> From other famous serial murderers, such as Ted Bundy, Gary Hednick, and Ed Kemper. Buffalo Bill's obsession with female human flesh and making suits out of a victim's skin was a direct nod to Gein. The next one is, I've never heard of this one, but I'm sure others have, Three on a Meat Hook. It's a 1972 movie. Yeah, definitely never seen it. The title basically gives a lot away. Three on a Meat Hook tells the story of four young ladies whose car breaks down in a small town. A local farm boy helps them out and ultimately lures them to his family's house where his killer father, Frank, waits to eat them. Like Gein, Frank has an obsession with his dead mother, along with hanging his victims from meat hooks, which Gein did to Warden's body. Although it was never proven that Gein ate his corpses, it was widely assumed that he did. <clears throat> okay. The this next movie is another one I haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. Deranged in 1974. Yeah, no, definitely never seen it. It's before. perhaps one of the closest films that depicts the life of Gein. The slasher comedy drama centers around a middle-aged Midwestern farmer whose overly religious mother dies. He keeps her corpse around and to satiate his dark desires begins to rob corpses from the graveyard so that they can keep his dead mother company. Eventually, he turns to murder and enjoys skinning his victims' bodies and making face masks out of their flesh. <laughs> and they say that this is the one that's closest to the life of Gain, so. Oh, shit. And then, in 1993, I never even heard of this one, there's Ed and his dead mother. It was a 93 dark comedy, which actually stars Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Steve Buscemi? Yes. He is Ed Chilton, whose hardware store owner mother dies, leaving him to inherit the business. A salesman offers to resurrect Ed's mother from the dead, to which Ed agrees. However, once she returns, Ed's mother isn't the same and, like a proper zombie, seeks out human flesh to eat. Ed decides that bringing his mother back to life has become more of a burden than he can bear, and in the end, he decides to destroy her by decapitating her head. And then the final one that they mention here is a 2014 movie called Child of God. Hmm. It's actually a film co-directed by James Franco and was an adaptation of Cormac McCarthy's 1973 book by the same name. It was inspired by a real-life murderer based in Tennessee, but the character shares many similarities as Gein. In In the film... The main character is a loner who lives in the middle of nowhere and whose necrophilia comes to life and grows after stumbling upon dead corpses in a car. So, yeah. <clears throat> he is actually... twist motherfucker had many movies. Yep. <clears throat> so, it's crazy. But those are the serial killers and this episode that we feel has 
fascinated us and just burn into our brains so badly about what they do and why they do the things they do. Yeah, it's definitely one of those is like I'm not probably I'm probably not gonna forget any of these. Well, <laughs> it's crazy. It's definitely. I mean, I hope that it's a, it's been a learning experience mm. as well as an entertaining experience in some ways. Um, but as far as next week's episode, we're you know we're in Florida. Right. That's where we you know where we record and we live everything. Yeah. So I figured, why not explore? a Florida urban legend in itself. And we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to the Florida skunk ape. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about the Florida skunk ape, and this is going to be definitely an interesting discussion. Um, Seriously, we'll like to find out where the hell they call the skunk ape. You'd be surprised. But I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody. Um, but <clears throat> in the meantime, if you guys can shoot us a Gmail at witchyweedpodcast at gmail.com, you can find us on Facebook under Witchy Weed Podcast, uh, Instagram, witchy underscore weed underscore podcast, tweet us at Twitter under witchy underscore weed, and now find us on Discord under Witchy Weed Podcast. So... Plenty of ways to get in contact with us. Give us suggestions. We'll give you a shout-out like we did earlier today. Mm. And um, let us know what what topics you'd like to see covered. If you'd like to be a a guest on our show, if you'd like to donate to the show, you know, lots of costs are mounting, and I could show you some help. Um, I mean, we've got a lot of good things, lives, exclusives, everything that are being planned out. And as we get more information, we will definitely share it with you. But in the meantime, stay lit, witches.